probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams The Football Pod live Thursday June 2nd in Castle Bar Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now The Football Pod on OTB Sports in partnership with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship Check out hashtag the toughest for more how are you all doing? And you're very welcome back to The Football Pod, episode 17. I'm back home. I was away last week. Got the job done. It wasn't too bad, lads. I know my shot was a little off. James, you were saying my camera was showing up a bit too much of my uh, my very steep five, five HD or something, was it? Yeah, it was a bit too close for comfort, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Paddy, how are you? All good. As I yeah. said, you look a lot, a lot fresher coming home from New York than I did a few weeks ago. Oh. Heard you. Yeah. Got the, got the seven, landed in the channel at 7 a.m. this morning. I had one little whiskey on the flight, thought it might knock me out. I didn't sleep oh, really? a wink. Oh, didn't really? sleep a wink. Yeah. yeah. No. Did you sleep on the flight coming home? I did, yeah, because I was dying. Slept for about five hours. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. I had one or two very rough mornings. But it was a great week. We had a great time. Uh, you can never beat that city, can you? Um, you didn't get a haircut this week, did you? I didn't, but someone did. <laughs> <laughs> if this camera does me no justice. Yeah, you look. Well, it is fairly tight. I said to your man, I said a tiny bit off the top, and he, do you know the way they measure it out? Then they go this much, and he pointed like honestly a tiny bit, and I got perfect. I turned around, he might as well have put a, a one all straight <laughs> to the top of my head. I said, Jesus, what did he I say to you at the end? Did you go watch it think of this? And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> then he only he only took card. Then oh no, he didn't take card, cash only. This is on High Street in Clarendon. Were you in Manhattan? <laughs> the best hairdresser in Manhattan. No, he, he only took <laughs> he only took cash, so I had no cash, so I had to okay. run out the door. Do we have contact? I actually haven't come back in, yet. Do we have contactless in Clarendon yet? Has that come in yet down there? <laughs> Apple Pay. Oh. We invented it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Patty, did you, you, know, he did the he did the waxing of the no? nose then. Show the way they wax the nose. No. Yeah, yeah. You got that done. That's very special treatment. Okay. He. True blood, both sides of the nostrils. This fella, I'm telling you, he, I won't be going back to pain. Give, give him a shout out there, Quad. Give him a shout out on the pod. What a tasty start to the football pod. Um, Paddy, you, you, had a, you had a fairly decent weekend there. You had a busy weekend. Um, you attended uh, one of the best sporting events in Dublin at the weekend, a semi-final with you know a team at the top of their game, you know hammering another team, Leinster forty to lose seventeen. Pretty good affair. Pretty pretty interesting. It was it was a great day out. Sun was shining. It was 18, 19 degrees. It was about forty odd thousand in the Aviva. Yeah, so a good buzz around town, um, and we were well hydrated, which was the main thing. <laughs> and uh, Leinster were class. Yeah, so did that on Saturday. And uh, but I put a couple of lads watch the cup final after that, and ooh. then into Croker on Sunday. For speaking of speaking of haircuts, you weren't yeah. tempted to go down the Paul Mannion route, were you? God no, he needs to get back playing football. He's lost the road. Do you see this, James? What did he do no, fully fully bleached blonde, isn't it? Oh, marbles. Who's he look like? He, that, he did that before, didn't he? No, he's always been blondy. God, he's got M and M here. Like Not this, yeah, yeah. He got excited. He was on a couple of holidays the last couple of weeks. I mean, jeez. Heading them. I'm too old for that crack. And was it uh, was a rugby was a rugby proper? Was it was it a properly interesting, exciting event to be at? Uh, no, it was. It was really good. It was actually a good atmosphere. Obviously, because Leinster were 
hammering them, which was uh, which is good. There wasn't there was a couple of Toulouse people around, like but uh, Tivive is a good part of town. Obviously, if, if the sun is shining uh, on a Saturday, um, and Leinster were class. To be fair to them, um, what's the attendance in Tivive? I think fifty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is it around fifty? There was a no. The top tier on the far side was was empty, but everywhere else was pretty packed. Um, and you know, it's just like rugby. And I seen people giving out about this going to rugby games. I think Jerry Thorne did an article in the Irish Times when the Six Nations was on. On the boozing. Yeah, like everyone there is there to have the crack. Like there are there many diehard rugby fans. It's hard to know. Uh, prong cocktail brigade. There's a lot of prong cocktail. It's brigade. not as bad as the baseball, though, is it? Well, the baseball just goes on for about three days. Yeah, but you're just in the baseball you to have drink. To be really. on the beer for that. Like. Yeah, but uh, but no, there, there's always good crack at the rugby games. To be fair, um, and around town, and the weather was good, so that was good on Saturday, uh, and then Sunday uh, in Croker, and it was everything we thought it would be in Croker. Um, so thirty-eight thousand was the official attendance across the four games. There, there was there wasn't one stage, and there was thirty-eight thousand people there. I think a lot of Kildare Westmead fans. Got out the gap fairly sharpish after after their game. Uh, the Dublin Mead game was diabolical, uh, as we kind of expected as well. So could they move it outside of Croker? 100% I think they missed the trick. And just look at the Munster Hurling Championship again. Yeah, look at Ennis. Look, look, look at class. Ennis. Okay, it's a smaller crowd. Walsh Park, the same for, for Cork and Waterford. They just look brilliant on TV. There's a buzz around the stadiums. And Crow Park just had none of that. As look, we knew we knew that would be the case. It was dead, 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 dead. So, but nowhere near I, as good as the rugby, and nowhere near as good as the hurling. But you look, we know that. I, I was streaming the game on GA Go in my cousin's apartment in Manhattan, and his fiance, who's American, was looking at it. And she's been to a couple of GA games before, and she was like, "What is the sport?" And I was like, <laughs> "Um, do you know what? I'm just going to switch it off and put it on my phone. I had it on their big TV, and I took it. I couldn't, I couldn't show it to anyone. Couldn't show it like." It was just pathetic. It was just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't championship like. And I know there's probably, it's not just the Crow Park factor there. It's, uh, there's a little bit of um, the, the the gulf between the, the teams and the day. And that's happened a good few times at Dublin and Mead in the last decade. But like, as James said, compare it to the ferocity of Cusick Park, which is on at pretty much the same time. And it is just awesome. Claire going up against Limerick. It's just but look, if they played that game um, Saturday night in Portleach, Dublin and Mead as a standalone game and put Kildare, Westmead and Tullamore and you might get 18,000, 17, 18,000 it's just a better atmosphere. Would the, would the result have changed? Look, no, I, I think that was pretty clear. Hmm. Like the Westmead-Kildare game was, although Kildare only won by three points, they absolutely yeah. cruised through that game as well. Like Westmead kind of got three or four points towards the end. Sam McCartan and John Heslin kind of kicked a couple of scores to bring it back to potentially, you know, a reasonable enough scoreline. But that was a pretty damp game as well. Like Kildare was just far better. So both the games were, were were poor enough, but then the atmosphere and everything around them was a uh, look. Everyone that was there, it was. But like, do, do you think? Do you get the sense that the Leinster Council? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm no, asking no, you to put yourself in their heads. Like, but like, will they learn? It doesn't make sense. It's totally rash. I, I cannot see one reason why they would have played that Croker. I suppose they just want as many games as possible in Crow Park because it's such an unbelievable ground. But it is, it's wasted. It's a complete waste of time. Like there was only 14,000 up in Armagh for the, for the Man and Derry game. Yeah. Like 14,000. And the noise up there was yeah, unbelievable. 14,000. You know, it doesn't need a massive crowd to make a massive atmosphere. 
But can you imagine being a kid, though, in the middle of that crowd? You'd be looking around, what is this? I want to come back to a GA game every single week yeah. if you're at a game like that. But if you're in a crowd where there's, and again, a game, the neither game were ferociously competitive compared to Claire Limerick or Derry Monaghan in, in the hurling and the football. But like, just being in an empty stadium, soulless, you hear the seagulls more than you hear anything else. <laughs> soulless it's, is the word, yeah. Soulless. I must actually, you know, lads, my, uh, my nephew was going for the first time yesterday, my brother Stephen, his young lad. Really? Uh, Jack was going, so he had his Dublin kid on his first trip at the Croker and I must actually find out what they thought of it. Yeah, uh, dude. Okay, I'm sure if you're a kid going in, the, the stadium was impressive, the pitch and everything like that. But uh, And the dub is winning. He'll be he'll be happy that the dub's Yeah, won. well, maybe, yeah. But as a spectacle, look, it's uh, it was a great, and we knew it wouldn't be. But look, uh, we're on mm. the bridge of finals. Uh, it's really taking shape now, and I would expect three of the provincial finals to be very good games. I think in Munster, I think Limerick have done brilliantly well to, to get through and beat Clare and beat Tip. But look, I think Kerry, are, Kerry will bring an end to that, I would feel. But I think the other three will be a lot closer and a lot better games. Yeah, 100%. James, we're going to come back to a little bit about Limerick later on. A very impressive win against Tipperary, 210 to 10 points. What Billy Lee has done there has been really, really impressive. We're going to get in-depth on Derry Monaghan in about five minutes' time. That was a brilliant win again. We have a couple of questions in Paddy, people asking to give a bit more insight into Rory Gallagher and what he is like. <laughs> Just like the way he celebrated Garrett McKinless's first he goal. He enjoyed that goal, didn't he? Like, oh. I thought he was going to do Jose Mourinho down the sideline for there's a bit of, celebration. There's a bit of Bad that going on. Close-lined them. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a wee Robert, bit of that. I love that, showing the passion. It just fed the crowd and it fed the players. Yeah. He's like, he's a bit like Kante for Spurs, you know, the way he kind of, he's on the sideline and he absolutely drives the players on. Like there's nobody going through the motions on his team because he's on them. It does make a difference, I think. Have you ever had a manager like that or a coach like that? Not even really. Club, even a club level? Um, not to that extent. Like he is different level. Um, yeah. But you still have to have a lot behind you. You can't just be any old lunatic roaring. Do you know, he obviously has a, he obviously has a lot of skill in his coaching and respect to the players as well. But it does, I think it just, it ramps up the intensity for the boys nicely. Mm. Yeah. I know, yeah. I wonder what county he'll go to after he wins his Ulster title with Derry. I reckon I, Cork could come in with the big bucks. Oh, what? I don't know. I call so it pretty far away. Like, how far is, is, is Rory living? He's not back around Blanche anymore. Could he go to Mead? No, no, no. He's not, uh, he's not living up here. He's, uh, I thought he was in Killy Beggs. I'd say he'll go to a county he's never been to before. So there's about 15 counties there that. <laughs> well, he, look, he, he could hang on with Derry because, like, I think ah, that, team is, that team is only going to get better. Yeah. I, I feel like, like the, the goal surely is okay in Ulster Championship and they're one game away from it now. And let's they, they could have a serious dent in the, the All Ireland as well. Like, like mm. nobody is going to want to play them. They're looking, they, they need to get into Division 1 as well. I think that's a, a big goal for them to, to kind of establish them. Like, mm. Armagh have done that. Armagh haven't really had an impact on the championship, but they've consolidated themselves as a Division 1 team. I think Rory will be looking to do that with Derry uh, next season. But, look, he's... He is one of the best coaches in the game. And you can see it. And I had the privilege of playing with him and working with him. And I've seen firsthand... It's not surprising that the players absolutely just the players love him. Players love him. He's a player's coach. He'll be ruthless enough. He'll, he'll give it to you between the eyes if you need it. But uh, but he's so passionate about it. And you're right, James. Like if you're a player there, like, like that's giving you energy. Like you know, what I mean? it's nearly like, like 
David Fitzgerald Hurland has a similar type of mentality. I, I, I wouldn't be a massive Davy Fitz fan. I think he's probably gone overboard and, and lucky. There's a bit of maybe kind of playing to the crowd with him, whereas Rory's just the team and his players. You can see it in him. I think you have to have full buy-in, though, Paddy. I'm sure there has oh, been yeah, plenty yeah, of panels yeah. where, where with Gallagher, where. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that balance is between man management because I'm sure there's been times where it just hasn't worked. When a fella is that intense, there's going to be clashes. Yeah, but but he's a but he's a self fella as well. Like, like there's people who can be full on and they can be a bit of a dose. Like, like in the nicest way, you come across lads and like they're grand. But Rory has that. But he's also a self fella as well. If you have okay. a chat yet, have a bit of crack as well. Like, um, which is you, important. That that connection with players, like so. You were 14 when he was coaching you, so if he was going to have an influence yeah, on you, yeah. that was going to be a big influence back then. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I played with him as well for a couple of years. I was just coming out to the senior team with Bridget's, and then he he was finishing up. Uh, he was brilliant for our club, obviously. It was a, it was a very good period for us. Um, but I'd always get, would have got on very well with him. Um, and yeah, I, I couldn't speak highly enough of him. But what he's doing yeah. with Derry, I'm not surprised. Um, I think it's a brilliant story. That the it, it is looking for. like we 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 said at the start of the year, give us a team to come out of nowhere. Give us a team yeah. that's got to challenge the Mayo, the Dublin, the Kerrys. The you've had a decade of kind of the same teams being in or around that, um, and you've seen with Galway and their performance, can they kick on and win the Connacht Championship? And Derry definitely an Ulster as well. So, um, we've got we're at the business end of it, yeah, um, and. I would say probably Derry have been the standout. Definitely their performances. We, we could they back it up their win against Tyrone and they did against Monaghan. Um, it was a brilliant game and their Ulster final against Donegal. Now that is another tough one to call. But I, I do think we got all our predictions right last week, did we? Mm, I know we didn't all no. get them all right, Paddy. You were very close, I think, or you may have got them all oh, right. Oh, go on. No, I uh, well, well, I think I'll come back to them a little later when we're doing the predictions. Let me see. I've got them written down here somewhere. Derry, um, Dublin, Kildare. Limerick. Paddy Andrews, you forgot that we cursed the Kildare 20s. Oh, mm. We all went Kildare, Kildare, Kildare. And I, was, I felt was bad. Heart over my head. I was back in Brian Flanagan. Uh, yeah. Alas. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I had. That's an impossible game to call, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like the goal, right. first play, savage goal. The two by Kevin. goals. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. In fairness to him, he's been sensational. But just about, you say Davy Fitz. Like Gallagher, he'd be good on Irish for his families as well. Rory, Carl, Jimmy. I hadn't overly noticed his voice until last year when you pointed it out with the Derry Johnny Goal game. And I haven't been able to unhear Rory Gallagher's voice in on every game of football. Of course, after a game. But, but but I haven't been able to, I just hear him the whole game. You just hear him all game long. I I don't know whether I can pick like out of our managers. He's like that when you're playing with him. As well. Really? That was, that was painful enough now at times. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes for a full 75 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So the other results this weekend, Kildare 121, Westmead 215. I think that's one, one was it 222 or 122 and 121 Kildare have kicked. 215 is a, is a lot to concede. Yeah. But I think... Dublin had 117 on Mead in that first half. You know, uh, it was just the scoring this weekend, especially in that Dublin medium, 127 to 114. It was a whooping. Um, we'll come back to that, unfortunately. I might try and um, put an end to any talk of Mead after that for a year, maybe. Um, what else do we have? We And then we had the Toronto 20s. Brilliant shot in the arm for the county. 120 to 114. It was a 
two super teams who've done really well coming through. I think we were all very impressed with that Kildare team that um that got by Dublin. Some of those players were exceptional. Bagnell and and um was it Ryan or was it Farrell at wing forward that that was man of the match in the semi final? Yeah, it was, it was Dublin, sensational. Yeah. But Rory Canavan, did you see the clip, Paddy? I know James saw. Did you see the clip of Canavan soloing with his head up? No, I seen the goal. I didn't see that. James, like tell, tell Paddy yeah. how impressive that was. He's running. He has a bit of time and he wants to deliver a ball to the inside line. So he's running definitely 80%. He doesn't take his eyes off the recipient to the pass he's about to kick and he's soloing it at full stride with his eyes nowhere near the ball, nowhere near looking down. It's just savage skill. It's a dream for an inside forward. You know when you lock eyes with a fella outside and you know the pass is coming, but you can't lock eyes with a fella if his head is down, soloing and hopping and he has no control over the ball. Like this fella has control over the ball without even thinking about anything. He's just so in control. Like. Have a look at it there, Paddy. I just sent it there. James, have you ever seen someone do that before? Like the, the Gooch solo with his head up like that. Because like you think of Gooch. Gooch. The Gooch did, but like the Gooch wouldn't be that far back the field probably to be yeah. soloing and the ball it, up the field. I mean, not going at that pace. Yeah, like Canavan is traveling a pace there, yeah. Yeah. I, I would have thought Declan Sullivan maybe would have had his head up when he moved or maybe he didn't. Maybe he just glided like that. He did, he did. No, he did, but it was just I've never it was seen so it that obvious, obvious because he, he was almost opening his eyes to tell the inside forward to move. It was like, go, go again, run again, run again. Do you know, do you know like you have that relationship yes. with the outside and inside and it's just eye contact. That's all you need is that eye contact and he's searching for that. It's just clever play and so skillful. Do you think they'll, uh, will they draft him in to the seniors? Should he can. Yeah, he's still very young though. Or, or, or you're not allowed, are you not? No, no, they can. Yeah, it's over now, so you, yeah, you can go in and play. Yeah, yeah. But he's still, he's still so young. Like. It's a well, big well, ass you, to do that now. <laughs> Will he be sticking right. McLean on the edge of the square? Jesus, <laughs> that's yeah. probably more likely. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. hard. It's it's very unfair for. He had such a great championship. He, there is going to be expectations on him straight away. Like he's become, he's become a bit of a superstar overnight. You know, since this championship started, so there is going to be a bit of pressure on him. Yeah. They'll have to mind him a bit. But yeah, he yeah. looks he looks like a super talent. Standout player in that championship. One hundred percent. But that a- that age is young. Like that's not under twenty one either. Like when fellas came out of under twenty one, you could say right he might go straight in, and even then they probably wouldn't. But under twenty is another year, and a year at that age is a lot. I also think that at under twenty one level, there was much more of a mixture between players that were on the senior county panel and on the under twenty one panel. It seems yeah. to be a bit more of a disconnect now. You know, and I, I know there's probably SNC programs are probably joined up and stuff, but there seems to be a wee bit more of a dis- disconnect. Like, so what we what we're left with now is provincial finals on the weekend of the 28th and 29th. The Leinster final is five o'clock on the Saturday, Dublin Kildare. The Monster final is three o'clock on the Saturday, Kerry Limerick. I think the Champions League final is later that night. There's a couple of other big games on that night as well. The Sunday, busy day, and the Sunday we've got Roscommon Galway in the Connacht final. Donegal Derry in the Ulster Finals. So we're going to get into that in a couple of minutes. We've got eight counties confirmed in the qualifier draw, which is going to take place next Monday morning. That is Tyrone, Armagh, Mayo, Clare, Loud, Cork, Mead, Limerick. Sorry, Tipperary. No, it's not Limerick. No. I'm missing the county there. Oh, oh, it's not Limerick. How it's many whiskeys on the plane? One, okay. two, three, four, five, open. six, seven, eight. <laughs> Sorry, Monaghan. Limerick aren't in there. Monaghan. Monaghan are the eight team. Um, so it's Tyrone, Armagh, Mayo, Clare. Loud Cork, Mead, Monaghan. And then there's obviously 17 counties in the Talchon Cup, which the draw was made today, boys. And what we've got is they've split the Talchon Cup. So we've got a northern section 
and we've got a southern section. In the northern section, you've got the likes of Longford, who have obviously, obviously competed in Leinster. Uh, you've got Leitrim and Connacht. Uh, I don't know whether they drew a line across the middle of, of Ireland and then kind of came down to London because London are in the, the northern section. New York, who've always played in Connacht, are actually in the southern section, but they don't enter until the quarterfinal stage. Two games played before New York get in. Um, there's a preliminary round in the southern section. So Wicklow are playing Waterford and Wexford are playing Offaly, even though Wexford have already beaten Offaly. And Wicklow got further than Leash, but Leash immediately get in a further stage ahead in the Talchon Cup than Wicklow do. So I know a lot of Wicklow fans are annoyed by that. So Remember they said like, they were going to promote this and it was going to be for the players and this was going to be a brilliant competition. Like, Do you think they've got off to a good start here? <laughs> Shaky start, to be fair. Um, well, I, think, more, I think that the Northern... logical reason why they've done the Northern Southern thing. Why, why so the people will travel to the games because if if you said right you're playing a team from the bottom of the country against a team from the top of the country no one will go and they need people to go to these games to build up the atmosphere but James I don't know if that's true I'm looking at the Wexford Offaly game there and I can imagine someone in Wexford and Offaly can imagine being in that camp and you've already beaten that team and you played against them and you played each other in the league already, like. do you know what I mean and they're <laughs> probably playing challenge matches how are you supposed to get excited for that I, like, I'm looking at a couple of the interesting games here in the northern section round one which is going to be the 28th and 29th um, like Cavan against Down like they've played each other plenty of times I don't know if there's going to be any interest there but Langford for Mana is actually kind of interesting, but like they played each other in the league. The one interesting game is Leitrim Antrim. So yeah. Antrim, who were flying in Division Three, have to travel to Carrick. So Leitrim have that game at home. You can imagine that on a on a sunny day in Carrick and Shannon, that could actually be a, a box office game. But like, imagine Leitrim got London, who they've already played twice this year, yeah. and like Sligo got London, and then they have they played them already. It's like no Sligo played New York, and they're playing London. Like so, oh yeah, sorry, it's do you know it's just look at. I'll tell you what, Larry McCarthy was speaking about it this morning and I'm trying to remember who, I'm stealing this from somebody on Twitter, but Larry McCarthy says that he hopes that it takes off like a meteorite. And somebody said, Larry, meteorites, <laughs> meteorites crash and burn. Crash and burn. So, I actually heard that interview, yeah. Yeah, so like, I don't know. Hopefully it, uh, it, is, it, is, it turns into an exciting competition because we are going to get the semifinals live on TV. We're going to get the final live on TV. They're going to be played in Crow Park. Hopefully there's a bit more of a uh, an oomph about it than the Tommy Murphy Cup. I have heard rare things about the Tommy Murphy Cup being good or even Rory Gallagher talking about the importance of winning the All-Ireland B with Fermanagh back in 98-99. There's no reason why grades can't work in Gaelic football. It just but the carrot, Tommy, the carrot of Croke Park is the thing for the players. Like sold, you, I sold out Croke Park. Yeah. In fact, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. But like Croke Park around All-Ireland Final Day to be there like it's an incredible opportunity, so I think I think it'll it'll take off once it gets once it gets a bit of a start. But as Paddy said, they are making it difficult. They are making it very difficult. They're not it they're not doing they're not doing it justice just yet. Mm. But I suppose they're stuttering at the moment. But but seemingly the round robin there. will actually come in next year. So it'll be a round robin, and there'll be no northern and southern. It'll Why actually do be they do it this year. I can't, I can't answer you that, Paddy. I don't know. <laughs> next year I don't know yeah. we'll do, Kick we'll do it down the road the we have a habit of kicking things can down, oh, down the road can down the road nice. the uh, looks nice though. Oh, we'll cover it the cup looks nice do you see it oh the cup looks lovely it's not a bad cup no, no, it's not. Yeah. better worse you 
Donegal Boyle had a good tweet and he said there's some drinking in that cup so I think that's banned isn't that it wasn't a rude brought in that it's banned but, um, but yeah we'll, we'll get through that um, what's Ben filling a cup yeah did you, did you ever no. fill the Sam Maguire Paddy did we what <laughs> we're not meant to know I have no idea <laughs> edit that out would it be Jaegers or Strauss uh, there was a few things in it now anyway yeah Right, so you're listening to episode 17 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James Dunhu. It is brought to you by AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We have got a busy show coming up. We are going to get stuck into Derry Monaghan and what they've done. We're going to be talking about Paddy's day out in Crow Park. He loves his day in Croker with Dublin, Mead and Kildare. We'll have a look at the uh, Leinster final. We'll briefly touch on the Ulster final. We're going to be talking about Limerick and what Billy Lee has shown what can be done with a county and where he can bring a county to over the last couple of years. I think we'll, we'll have a look at the conditioning and the camaraderie in that squad. They've had another brilliant win. We're going to have a look at the preview and predictions for next week. There's a couple of games in the Talton Cup. A lot of questions in from, list, from our listeners on the Football Pod on our Instagram page. And then we're going to have a look at our fantasy scores this week. Kieran Kilkenny came up trumps for me in my team. So we're going to be back right after these talking football. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 17 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. What did we like about Derry, James? What do we like about Derry? There's not much to not like about Derry at the moment. They've got a bit of momentum behind them. There's kind of a, of a wave of optimism around the country about Derry. And it's actually great to see because everyone is kind of going, Derry are coming, Derry are coming. And then twice they've backed it up with great performances. And what I suppose what I liked about them, and I said a couple of weeks ago that a lot would depend with Derry is if they could get the goals because they are very strong defensively. Now, Manhattan did pick a lot of gaps in them, but they are strong defensively that if they can sneak a goal or two, it'll be very hard for someone to kick that extra six points to cover the two goal spread for them. So the fact that they went for the jugular a couple of times that's what impressed me most about them because goals in those championship games are massive. And you can tell Gallagher's influence, the way he coached, he's coached a Dublin trick that they probably brought in, which is the backdoor cut, Paddy, that he used to do it so often. Get Khan in or get Kilkenny in around behind, just you'd show out in front and you'd duck in behind and the, the hand pass would go over the defender's head and you'd be in on goal. And McGuigan got in, Heron got in, even the kick from Oran Lynch for the for Heron's first goal that was, was over the top. Like it was, really it wasn't a backdoor cup, but it was over the top. It was over the defender. They were in on goal. Like that kind of, they have something different that they go for the jugular, and that I think that will stand them a good stead. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, are you still worried about their scoring rate? Like, are they going to get those opportunities against Donegal, Paddy? Um, it's hard to know. Like that's. I agree with James. How they're set up, their key performers are in like the they're in brilliant form. It's, it's hard to get that they get their key players just playing in the middle of the championship at their, just their peak of their powers. Garrett McKinless was sensational again. Chris McKay and Brandon Rogers at the back sensational again. Mm. We mm. talked about McCarran and McManus. I think the, two points from play between them. Like the Derry defensive system and their leaders are standing up and kicking scores. Benny Heron with his two goals as well. They're not shooting the lights out, but the chances they're creating, they are being efficient. They're really hard to play against. No team, and Donegal are going to see that no team is going to like playing Derry. They make it hard for you. They do not do anything stupid. 
They run. There's the energy they bring to games. Like the, the big question mark was that such a standout performance against Tyrone. It's very difficult to reach that level again the next day out. And they did. Hmm. Like Monaghan were going in as probably slight favourites. Derry, there was pressure on Derry now in this game. No one really, there wasn't much pressure on them against Tyrone. They were going to Healy Park playing the All Ireland Champions and they backed up that performance. And James is right. The buzz around that county, the buzz around, you see it on Twitter, he's just across the country. They're the new show in town and mm-hmm. everyone wants to see that. We, we've had a decade of Dublin and Kerry and Mayo and it's like, we, we need someone new to break into that bracket and Derry are just, they've been the team. They've been the standout team in the championship today. Um, they'll go into the Ulster final. I'd still, I, I think Donegal are probably still going to be favourites for that. Oh, oh they I will. Think. They will, I yeah. think so. But again, Derry will have a plan. Rory Gallagher as a coach, he's just, his credit is going up every time they play and their key performers are, are, are playing well. So that, that's, I think defensively they have the game that's going to cause trouble for McBrearty and Langan and these guys. Can they get the scores? James is right. If they can nick another couple of goals against Donegal and there will be opportunities there, they can win that Ulster final. They will not fear Donegal whatsoever. They had struggled for goals up for this though, up to this point. Like, and it, like, am I right in saying Gallagher's Donegal struggled for goals as well? Like, I know all didn't go the way it should have gone when he was over Donegal. There was nearly a hangover from the McGuinness era. There was a couple of issues. I think he had brought, he was unlucky. He brought through players, very young players that um, ended up backboning the, the team over the next couple of years as well. That was yeah. a hard gig at that time. Like that, that team was kind of coming to the end of its cycle mm. with, with McGuinness and there was always going to be a drop-off. So, so like, that was a tough gig to go in and do that. Um, whereas Derry's, like I said, this is a, a new team with Derry. They're all, the energy the players have, you can see it in their game. They are so hungry for success. Whereas he took over a Donegal team that had had success. Mm-hmm. They were losing some Neil Gallagher and these guys, Carl Lacey, were coming to the end. It was That was the other end of the journey. So it was a tough gig. Whereas with Derry, there's, they're just a fresh team. You could see it in their play. You could see it in the celebrations. I was worried for time he was going to have a stroke on the sideline. <laughs> but um, but that's, that, that's the buzz they're creating. And, and it's across the board. Everyone is looking forward to, to watching Derry play. And, and that Ulster final in particular. So true. Is going but to even, um, even going from a coach to a manager gig is hard with the same team. It's like, because they've seen you as a coach and they can probably treat you a certain way. And now you're the manager and your relationship has completely changed. Yeah. And I said, that was kind of an older team. I'd say that was difficult for them to kind of get that balance right, I'd imagine. But the goals thing is definitely something they've worked on because the way they went for it, like McKinless is not a goal scorer. No. Like he is an out and out hardy, hard hitting defender. For him to go for that goal was awesome. What a goal as well. A fantastic goal. You think but that's in the plan, James? You think that's where we're I think going that for this? He definitely said, yeah, when we get the chance, lads, we need, we need a goal or two here. So go for it. Don't be afraid. And you need that backing from the manager as well sometimes because if they're saying, look, chip the points, we'll see down the stretch how we're going. Do you know? Fist that, yeah, fist the points. That's not going to give you any confidence to go for it. But he's given them the trust to do it. But for McInnes's goal, what was interesting, I thought, was that Monaghan had two sweepers back, right? And the two of them were on the 21. But it's too late for a sweeper to come into play by the time the attack has hit the 21. It's not like they were kicking in ball and coming off the shoulder. So 
McInnes had built up his speed. I think Darren Hughes came out to him. All that McInnes had to do was throw the hips and he was in straight on the goalie. Whereas if Hughes and the second sweeper, I think, I'm not sure it was a Kearns, if they had been top of the D and hit him there, worst case scenario, they probably chipped the point. Yeah. It was just interesting that I think Manning got caught there. A couple got opened up. That's surprising too, too far back. That is interesting. Like, if you're, if a team was rolling the ball, you don't need to be that deep. That, that's no. a, and there you are rolling the ball. So that's an obvious way to set up defensively. It's not like they've Clifford inside and you know you're, they're going to kick 40 or 50 yard kick passes in. Then you're sitting really deep. You're sitting basically five yards in front of the full back line. So that was just poor structurally for Monaghan, which is surprising because they're so experienced. Particularly Darren Hughes has played that role so many times and Banty, who's been around the block. So there was a couple of things that they'll be disappointed with, no doubt. And that was just an obvious one, but... Well, Dun- the only reason Derry, Derry were just a better team across D- the board Dunny goal are slight favourites the handicap is one point yes the handicap in the goal wears common game is two points goal wears slight favourites wears common are two to one um, the handicap what's the Leicester the- the final there go on handicap in the Kerry Limerick game is 16 points Kerry are yes. one to 100 on Dublin are one to seven on alright six point spread is what it, what it is already you can completely understand why Derry Dunny goal is a one-point game. Because when you think back to that game that went down to the wire last year, and James, you're mentioning the importance of goals here. Derry had two massive chances in the first five minutes that day. I think they hit the underside of the crossbar in the second half. Couldn't get a goal. Mm-hmm. Paddy McBerty comes up with a buzzer beater. Last kick of the match to win it. Paddy, we would have spoken about that game a lot last year. We probably would have spoken about Derry a lot even. and We probably were excited about Derry last year too, you know, and, and that they were coming. So was that where you'd have this game? Would you have Derry, go- Derry doing a goal as a one-point game? I, they're so hard. They're so hard to call. You, you could only have it as that because you genuinely couldn't pick a winner. So you, you pick- could have you could have a great argument for both sides. But the thing about Derry is the best line of their of the field for them is arguably their fullback line. Like Rogers, McCaig, like they oh, are yeah. unbelievable operators. Up against Murphy, McBerty, maybe Eddie Jamie Brennan. Brennan. We'll see. That's going to be such a key battle to see yeah. who wins that. We thought last week that Monaghan would create enough chances for McCarran to kick enough points and McManus kick enough points. Didn't happen. Will Donegal be able to do it? Who, like genuinely, how can you call that? It's so difficult to know. Yeah, like you've, you've had, you've had Ryan Donegal the whole way along. Could you, can you spot weaknesses in that Derry setup from, like the one thing I would say is that Derry have, Knocked out the All-Ireland champions. They have now taken down Monaghan, who serious contenders every year for Ulster. Paddy, we know that Rory Gallagher has had his eye on Ulster. Like, they have been eyeing up this Ulster title. He said it on the football pod last November. James, have they shown their hand? Is there a danger of that when you've got to go all out? I don't think there's a danger of showing your hand necessarily in championship because you can always step it up a level from game to game. I mean, it's not like they've, they've hit their ceiling. There's still so many areas to improve on. Like if they go and analyze that, that performance on DVD, mm. Monaghan scored 17 points. Yeah. Like that's good kicking. They also missed seven or eight gimmies. Like they must be looking at that DVD going, how do we lose that game, Monaghan? Even as good as Derry were, Monaghan could have taken it. So Derry need to tighten up at the back, not let as many shots go off. Because if you look at Donegal, they have a very 
a half forward line who like to pull the trigger. Yeah. So if they if they leave, Donegal have 22, 23 shots. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be more scores than what Manham put up. Paddy, um, Shem Quigan kicked seven points at the weekend in Derry's win against Tyrone, and I know that the sending off skews it a little bit. They got points from their half back line. Now Lachlan kicked seven that day. Twelve points is going to be an issue. Yeah, and that's the challenge. That's you feel they have an offensive system set. Can that improve? Yes, of course it can, but that's been one of their strong points. Their energy, their running game. They're so clear in their tactics. They're so, so yeah. clear in what every one of their jobs is. And that brings just a confidence and a clarity to their play. They'll be relying on McGuigan to have a big day in that Ulster final. There's no two ways about it. If you're looking like Donegal, I'd say their strong point is they've got a brilliant goalkeeper in Patton and they've got excellent shooters. Defensively, they're not as strong as, as they were on, under Jim McGuinness when they were in a nightmare to play against up front. So there, I think there's opportunities for... There'll be spaces there and it's up to McGuigan and these guys to try and... They'll need a couple of goals because they're mm. like 12 points. It's not going to be enough to win that game. Um, and, and, and we, we touched... Donegal, you still feel, and we t- said this last week when, when they bet Cavan, the potential for Donegal is massive. And we're waiting on this day when Langdon shoots the lights out. Mm-hmm. Brennan, McBrearty's in the game from the get-go. Murphy's back to his best. Roy McHugh is breaking the lines and at his, his best. If Donegal get all of those things in sync, which they haven't really ever done, we haven't seen all of those guys perform together. If yeah. they do that, they're right up against it. You have to make Donegal favourites. But I, that's the big question for Donegal. That consistency, getting those key performers to play at their peak. If they don't, then it's a massive opportunity for Derry. Yeah, 100%. It's, I had it, mentioned- it's a tight one to call. I think it's going to be a brilliant game. It's going to be fascinating to see. Rory Gallagher knows Donegal inside out. Declan Bonner's been there for a number of years. They, they haven't gone over the line. They haven't won big championship games. It's a massive game for Donegal as well. And, and also, lads, whoever wins this one, like, they're serious eyes on an All-Ireland then. You come out and win this Ulster Championship and the momentum that gives you. So it'll be a fascinating game. I think it's going to be the pick of the provincial finals along with probably the Connacht final. But um, it's going to be a tight one to call. Well, Monaghan... Right, you know about that, Paddy. Sorry, Tommy. You're right about that, about the All-Ireland because... If you win Ulster, you're going to be playing the winner of a qualifier or a provincial loser in a quarterfinal. And then you're into the winners of Connacht in the semi, which you'd, you'd fancy your chances as a Donegal or a Derry. So you could be in a final very, not easily, but before you know it, you could be in a final. So it is a massive game. It opens up for the winners of this. It'd be interesting to see what they do with McGuigan because McGuigan played the last day not quite full forward, but not out the field either. He kind of played like of in D. between 14 and 11. Yeah. McCall will probably pick him up, will he? McCall got Steve an awful toasting last week against uh, Paddy Lynch. But Lynch but stayed yeah, inside. He was very Lynch. good up to that. Like. He yeah. was. He was very good in O'Neill. He took Green O'Neill in the league. Um, had a couple of big, he had a good couple of big performances. Yeah, It'll be an interesting battle because I think actually the way McGuigan played the last day, James... Is there a bit of freedom about that position when you're there top of the D? I know Monaghan would have had a lot of players back. There is. There is. Would you have rather been close to the square or, or, or it not? Depends, kind of it depends on the game. Top I mean, triangle. 
as we said, with the Monaghan two sweepers in so deep on Lachlan and Heron, mm. McGuigan kind of thought, I'm going to pop out here. He probably does have that leadership role, that freedom role, like Murphy does. Spaces. That's where we're going. Yeah, like Ray O'Neill does. He said, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to pick up a few balls. And he didn't He didn't dominate the ball in possessions. He got he got two lovely scores from play. He didn't, yeah. he didn't create loads. Neither did Heron. Neither did Lachlan. They didn't touch the ball that much. But what they were were clinical. When they had the chances, they took them. And they went for the jugular. Because you don't want the last thing you want is some corner forward touching the ball twenty five times, getting turned over three times, kicking three wides, doing nothing. Do you know these fellas are touching the ball very little and getting maximum from it. Who taught you that? What the last thing you want is a corner forward getting twenty five touches. There's a few lads like that in every team, I'd say. <laughs> but you know, like a corner forward picking up a couple of handy balls to stay in the game. Mm. doesn't really do anyone any favours. Whereas the ones who are mentally tough and strong to stay in there, not be involved in the game too often and have the confidence and the ability to pull the trigger and score, they're invaluable. It's so true. Very true. Are Monaghan going to have any more of a say on the qualifiers if they get a a good run? Can Can they cause damage in that? You think so, yeah? Yeah, they can. Um... They're not, they're not, they're not all Ireland contenders, but they could take, they could take someone out. They get to a semi-final. Yeah. 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 They, nobody will want to play them. They'll oh, I know. So true. Play against, they'll be frustrated at losing that game yesterday. They would have had their eyes on an Ulster Championship. Um, but they will be dangerous in the qualifiers. 100%. Okay. You know what's disappointing about Manning though, is, is their conversion rate has been an issue for a long time. Do you know, like, you can be brilliant at so many aspects of the game kickouts, breaks, runners, tracking, you know, swarm tackling, creating chances. But if, at the end of the day, if you're only kicking 50, 55% conversion, you're not going to win any game. Because if you look at what Dublin are doing, they were on 94% after 17 or 18 shots the last day. It was, like it's only getting, it's only getting closer to 100, not closer to zero. One wide, Dublin have one wide out of 117 and so much of their 117 came from in and around the, the deal. They hurt the 30 shots yesterday and scored 28. That is unbelievable. Now, it's criminal. The, the, the lack of, I don't know whether it was an overall defensive issue, the lack of hands-on or contact. Oh, diabolical for me, but, but in terms of that clinical edge, you're right. In the, in the biggest games, the All-Ireland quarterfinals, semifinals and final are going to go down to the last five minutes. Yeah. They're all going to be close. If yeah. you're operating at 50, 60%, you, you're probably not going to win the game. Simple as. Yeah. You need to be in 70s, mid-70s to 80s to get yeah. over the line. Um, so that was the positive thing for Dublin yesterday. Um, but look, we can get on to that. Yeah, but like on, on what James is saying there about the conversion rate for Monaghan, amongst a number of issues for Mead has been scoring, especially against Dublin. They had a Leinster final a couple of years ago where they had no score at half time, And before Brian Menton got that point, it was looking like it might be like that again. They left one, two or three yeah. behind them. They were rushing shots, panicking shots. Paddy, when you're looking at me doing that for a couple of years in a row, what are you thinking? They're not good enough. Like, honestly, looked at the game and it was just like, Dublin, like the two most dangerous forwards are saying are Jordan Morris and, and Killian O'Sullivan. John Small picked up Killian O'Sullivan absolutely at him. Uh, and, Jordan Morris actually had a good battle with Mick Fitzsimons. He had a goal chance in the first half that looked they, they needed that. He pulled it wide. He actually had two goal chances and missed both of them. 
Um, and then it's frustrated at the end. That's a, that's a loss for me going into the qualifiers that he's going to be suspended. I know Andy McAuley wasn't happy about how, how it panned out, but it's just a lack, lack of discipline. Shouldn't give the referee an excuse to do that anyway. But like, like they were totally and utterly outclassed. Like Brian Benton, to be fair, kicks three points and, and was one of the few people who brought the fight to Dublin, but it was chalk and cheese there. And, and what are we taking a look at? It? These, these guys are nowhere near good enough to be competing for a Leicester Championship. And they're not. And they haven't competed for Leicester Championship in, what, 2010 when they won it. So that's the inconvenient truth, I'm afraid. There, were, there wasn't, I, I can't think one positive aspect for me from that game yesterday. Nothing. So, they've had, they've had 10 goals at Dublin since 2010 as underdogs. Like, you know, when you go in and you carry the burden of being favourites and you have to kind of do this, like they've had the chance to rip up the script and try something different. Just chance something. But they've done the same thing. They've done the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like we've seen that game yesterday 20 times, you know. Mm. But like on the conversion... Meath had a serious issue with it at the start of the game. But like, that's, that's quality. And like, kicking points is an undervalued skill for some reason. It's the most important thing in football. But it's probably one of the least trained things in football. Training is so general. It's all, you know, box games and your, your kickouts and your breaking lines. But like, are we developing these kickers who can actually win you the game. Like you'd rather nearly 15 fellas who can't budge, who could, who could swing a ball <laughs> over the black spot. It, give, give me, give me six Colin Corkery's nearly at this stage than fellas who are running your own. Doing Matt Corkery. <laughs> and, and, and James, what's the balance there between uh, insufficient coaching and personal responsibility? You see the training, the training now is physically very demanding. So you've got your three sessions a week. You've probably got your two, the three gym sessions a week. Your rest is very valued. Are you going to go out onto the field to do a warm up, a few lighter kicks to go into your kicks? Like that is crucial. It's so important. You have to do it. So Jimmy. you 100% have to do it. But I'm talking like that's not just free takers. That's your wing backs. Against from Monaghan, Conor McCarthy, McInnesby, they're wearing five and seven. And these the fellas are getting the shots. The these fellas are getting the shots. Yeah, they are. But they're like, they're getting the shots off. Burns was getting shots. Hughes was getting shots off. So everyone has to be doing that. But it also has to be a coached element to training. It's, it's, it's undervalued and everyone puts it down to natural ability. There is no such thing as natural ability. No, it's a nonsense. It's, it's time and effort put into your craft. Yeah. And proper practice. But, but like, in all serious, if you're a senior inter-county footballer, and you're serious about competing in, in Division 1 and meter in Division 2 and trying to compete and win a Leicester Championship, that's non-negotiable. Like, I'll give, give an example. I don't like picking out players. Like, Ronan Jones had a shot for me just in the first half. And it was honestly, I, I looked at it and I'm sitting with OG and, and it was like, it was like you threw it up in volley. It was like something you'd see in any leagues. Honestly, it was like, the technique was just, he honestly... He knew that that shot was not going near going over the bar. There was a couple of panic like shots. He, yeah, it was like he had nothing else to do, so I'm just going to literally throw this up and volley it, <laughs> and it nearly went down for sideline. And I, I was just looking. There was a groan in the crowd. Like yeah. that is not it the crowd. But honestly, that's not good enough at that level. So don't be coming in giving out about anything else or where the game is being played or any of that nonsense. There's a responsibility playing at the top level 
you have to be working on those things. And yes, trading is difficult. But if you're talking about winning and being the best player you can be or competing with the likes of Dublin or Kerry or these teams, you got to put in the hard yards. Just the, the three training sessions a week is not enough. It's not no. good enough. You're only kidding yourself. And you'll sit and you lose by whatever it was, 13, 14 points yesterday. And you're sitting on the bus going, geez, I can't put my finger on how we lost that game. I can put my finger on a lot of reasons why you lost that game. And technically, it was chalk and cheese. That was just an example. I don't like singling out players, but it was just like, that's not acceptable at that level. Well, I suppose teams are getting, when they're analysing games, they're looking at, or even when you're analysing your own performance, you're getting a GPS sheet with what you did. And not, never on that GPS sheet does it say how you turned down a shot or how you didn't make that run that you could have got a shot off because it was you on your bad game, side. That's so, I'll give an example. When I was playing, we play a game on a Sunday. I'd go home, if I missed the shot, I would go home and watch freeze frame it on the Sunday game for about 20 minutes. Literally, screen by screen, thinking, was that the right shot? Why did I pull mm. that? Looking at the contact. I was obsessive about it. And I was laid back. But that was just the, that was my attitude toward it. And if I missed the shot, I would go out the next night, knackered, but I go out and do my kicking and I take that shot a hundred times. And people, oh, you, 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 like talking about, oh, you like that area on the other side of the pitch. Yeah, because I kicked there, uh, God, thousands of footballs to do it. That's what I was looking at. Our lads doing that. I'm sure you were the same. Any forwards I've played with, the privilege of playing with or talking with what are top top forwards you'd have respect for. That's that's the attitude. Mm-hmm. I miss a shot, you're it's eating you. Why did I miss that? And I'm not accepting why I missed it. And you practice and you get better at it. I, so I, I if you're serious about it. When you look at Dublin though and their decision making as well, Paddy, I think a lot of those mead shots started to be taken out of panic as well. Because that oh, panic sets in totally. no option. They have, they have been there like none of those players want to go through what they're doing against me, Dublin year after year in the Leinster Championship it is embarrassing and it's it's tough to take do something about it no yeah do something about it Andy McAdee's giving out about someone diving or all the talk about it shouldn't be in Crow Park move it out of there because that makes a difference but that was me focus on your skills annoys me annoys me when teams are looking pointing the finger everywhere else but themselves and I know Andy's not like that. I have massive respect for him. Uh, but th- that was annoying yesterday looking at me. Because it do- it's no good for me, obviously. It's no good for Dublin. It's no good for the Leicester Championship. That championship is dying in front of our eyes. Like. And Mead need to be competitive. The county they are, the tradition they have, and it's not good to see. Like. So, Jim Brilliant. Gavin always makes a good point. He goes, uh, in the pressure moments... And Mead were under serious pressure in that first half. Every moment was a pressure moment. But he goes, you fall back to the level of your training. Yeah. Like, it's so true. You don't rise so to the occasion, you fall to the level of your training. Exactly. It, like, that is, that is so true. When you're in the heat of the battle and you know you're under pressure, if you have it done on the training field, you have the hours put in, it'll come right for you. If you don't, you're throwing the ball up and buying it. Do you know that is the, what? That's Honestly, the difference? That is the difference. Uh, I'll give you an example, right? I remember Bernard Brogan was arguably one of Dublin's best ever forwards. And it was a 13, 2013, he was struggling a bit because he had a bad groin injury. So he couldn't go kicking. He could hardly 
bloody train at the time. And he was, this was when he was peak. He was, he was mm. player of the year in 10, a couple of all-stars. He was the main man for Dublin. And he was like, his game, he was, he was off his game because he couldn't go kick. Like he couldn't, his, whatever, it's groin injury, he was just trying to get out onto the pitch and he'd go and kick 40 balls twice a week separately from everyone else training. And he could, I remember talking about it, he's like, it was nearly a confidence issue for him. And he's the, one of the best forwards of all time just because he couldn't go out and do those things. He didn't feel he was prepared. He, because he, he came through and he was magic against Kerry and he got man of the match in the final against Mayo. That's just his mental strength. But that just, that that just he, true. He, he's the best. He's the best. And he's saying that. And his eye. I'm not going out doing yeah. my extra kicks. I, my game is going to suffer. So it's good enough for him. Yeah. It's good enough for a lot of other players. I, I find it so interesting listening to you when you talk about this as well. It's never 70, 80 balls. It's 40 no. kicks. Like it's, it's 30, well, 40. Quality then. You're, you're, you start volume them then halfway through. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. losing concentration. Yeah. 40, 30, 40 is plenty. But the thing is, say in a pressure moment in a game, right? You might be out of the game as a corner forward, as we said. You're not touching the ball that much. You're down to your seven or eight possessions. The ball lands to you and you have a chance to pull the trigger, right? You throw it over. You're in the game. You're delighted. You are, you're here. This is brilliant. Mm. You missed that. And you're thinking, Jesus, that was my first touch in about 15 minutes. I kicked the bloody thing wide. And you're kind of half looking over. Well, you could be looking over the sideline going, you know, but like if your skills are on, you manage to snap that one over. You're in the game like that. It comes down to a bit of a moment like that for every inside forward where you have to take it. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, outside of that, the Dubs are back, which is great. What do we learn from Dublin? Um, kicking and training. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a bit of kicking. Lads, Khan makes a difference. Like, seeing it in the flesh. For a penalty, for example, it was like, Fenton gets the ball. If Khan's not playing full forward, they're not kicking that ball. Mick Fitzsimons hits one in. It's actually yeah. just, Khan has fouled as well, just outside. Dean Rock taps over the free. But he just gives an option where... The big issue with Dublin in the spring in the National League was so pedestrian, their attack. It was just flat. There was no outlet. There was no one really showing. It was just slow. Teams were, it was easy to defend against. Yesterday, there was four or five plays from Evan Cumberford's kickouts where it was lightning speed. Bugler, Costello was very sharp. And it was just like, that's Dublin at their best. That's what they're going to need to bring that speed and that intensity, particularly if you start getting into later stages where you're playing against a Derry or a Donegal where they're getting bodies back, the quicker you can transition that ball up the pitch, the, op- the more the opportunities you get. That was an impressive thing from Dublin yesterday. I thought their half-back line was exceptional. Like James McCarthy, lads. Jesus, what a player. What, what way did they line up, Paddy, half-back? They were played centre-backs. So Johnny Cooper didn't start. Mm. Morgan O'Dell came in. Center forward. So it was interesting. Larkin O'Dell played instead of Scully. So I was thinking, right? Club made as well, isn't it? Yeah, Temple Oak. And he was very good. Very good. He scored two points, but it was his link play. He looked at home. He was very sharp and he allowed that kick pass. That was a a big issue for Dublin in the league that guys were dropping back. There wasn't that structure up front, so he couldn't transition the ball quick, even if he wanted to. Whereas he gave an outlet there. Kilkenny was back to his best, kicked five points from play. Um, But... Lorcan Rodell played at 11. Uh, Brian Howard went back and played centre-half back. 
was very good. Uh, James McCarthy was sensational. Mm. And John Small at killing or something. So that was the why, why aren't they starting Cooper and Scully? Like, are they just not I don't being know. Um, I don't know. Because that was if when I heard it was a change and Johnny was, was not going to be playing, they assumed it, was, it would be Scully that, that was brought in. So uh, Scully, Johnny Cooper, and Paddy Small came on. Yeah. 50 minute mark. Three, that's three players are getting an impact off the bench from. Yes. Davey Byrne is still missing. Robbie McDade is still missing. They weren't even in the squad yesterday, so you're thinking that they could be under pressure to be back in two weeks' time for Leinster final. But if you get those guys back as well, now you're starting to talk about a little bit of depth with Dublin. And it might just be that. Like, Paddy Small is energy. He is a handful. He's got to give you an impact. He's left-footed. He's left-footed too. Yeah, he offers that he's balance. He's going to give it 15 or 20 minutes. Johnny is going to organise a defence, particularly in a game like that. Where if, you're, if you're in the lead, he's going to marshal the defence. And Scully's just a brilliant transition player for Dublin. So it could just be that all the question marks with Dublin's depth and Dublin's base, he said, look, you guys are just going to, everyone wants to start, but we need guys coming in off the bench. That was mm. a positive thing for Dublin. Um, outside of that, it's hard to read into that. It was. Like, it was, a, it was the, are you able to analyse that game and see all the positives that Dublin are doing and just negate the fact that Meade put up no resistance? The, the, shooting, the shooting was a big thing. The efficiency with that, you can it's notice so easy, it before even focusing on it. But like, they're still, like there was a spread of scores. Tom Lehiff gets a couple yeah. of points. Lockin O'Dell gets two. Macker gets two from half back. These are not out-and-out shooters, but they work the ball into the best position and they nail the scores. Mm. And there was just a, a cohesion up front, which Khan gives you. He causes a handful. That frees up space. Costello is very sharp. Look, it's against the poor team. And yeah. it's going to be a step up against Kildare. But... The questions you were asking about Dublin after being relegated, you can only go on what you've seen so far, and they've been really good. Defensively, the structure was quite good. You could see they were getting lads back, but they still would be concerned. They could see the penalty and the goal in the last kick of the game. But Jordan Morris has two other goal chances where they'd be looking at how how easy he got in, particularly in the first half. That was it was it was a really good kick pass in, but it was very easy for me to get that. Yeah, and if you're looking at Kildare in two weeks' time, that's the where, thing. Derek Irwin, Daniel Flynn, Jimmy Hoyland. I think they, they scored one eleven between them yesterday. They were sharp. That's a test for them. Remember that the National League, that defensive structure, they won the worst defensive records in the National League. So they're going to be tested against Kildare in two weeks. But yeah. what we've seen today in their two games, they've been they've ticked every box. They've been really, really good. Yeah, they got one eleven between them. Ben McCormick kicked five as well. Ben McCormick was excellent for Kildare. Five points too. Before we get into the positives with Kildare, what do Kildare need to do differently, Paddy, when they go up against Dublin? I think the, like they could see the two fifteen yesterday, and Westmead were poor lads. Like Westmead, they, they, Westmead scored a goal from the throw up. Mm. Uh, O'Toole scores, scores a goal literally fifteen seconds in. Yeah. Uh, yes, sorry, straight up the middle of the pitch, and it was it was just way too easy. Like they will be looking at that. They can see two fifteen to the Division Three team. Kildare, Kildare has got a point in the last quarter as well. So they, they run, I wouldn't say they ran out of steam. The game was over, lads. Like it was a three-point win, but Kildare were far, far superior. Uh, Daniel Flynn was quiet enough. He only scored two points himself, his, but he, he has moments again. We always say this. His He's a handful. Play. Target man. He is a target man. Like, Derek Irwin scored six points. He had 11 shots. 
Oh, did he? Okay. <laughs> so he, he had a goal chance he pulled wide in the first half. He had a couple of wides, but he, he was a handful. Jimmy Hyland was, was actually relatively quiet by his standards. Uh, but Bevan Corbett was probably the standout player there. Uh, Feely was quiet around the middle of the pitch, but Kildare didn't need to. Mm. Kildare didn't need to be outstanding to win that match yesterday. And if you look last year in the semi-final, that was the same Leicester semi-final last year. And Westmead really should have won that game. Do you felt yeah. they caused them much more problems last year? Last year, Westmead had two big goal chances, one for John Hessel and one for James Dolan. They should have won that game. They were absolutely... I remember talking with Desi Dolan afterwards. Yeah. He was fuming with Westmead. It was a big opportunity. So Kildare, you can see the progress they've made. We know they can score. We know they can score and they'll ask questions in Dublin, but they will need their defensive structure to be a hell of a lot tighter, if, particularly if Dublin are the type of form they're in, yes. James, would you be worried looking at that scoreline? Okay, so Kildare put 222 past Loud to score 121 at the weekend, but as Paddy said, they conceded 215. Would you be worried about it or was that just the nature of that game? A bit of both. <laughs> worried is a strong word because I think they can fix it. Like even the nature of the game was a non-physical <laughs> kind of standoffish kind of approach by both teams. It was a even, lovely game of football. Like. Yeah, which you don't want to see in a semi-final. But like even for a couple of the kickouts, they were being chipped out 40 yards. Like the worst kickout you can give to an opposition is a 40-yard jab out the wing at pace. So he's now on your defence. And there seemed to be that, that every second kickout seemed to be Seem to be that one. Do you know, worst case scenario, leave him chip it to the corner back and have to work it up. But like they were getting out with one kick. So that already is, is allowing a lot of pressure on your defense. So we said about Galway a couple of weeks ago, can they come up with some sort of a defensive system because they have it up front? I think Kildare need to focus on that now over the next couple of weeks. They have to get that right because I think their firepower is going to be very dangerous for Dublin. I don't think that Dublin have as many markers as they would like. I don't think they have enough to handle the boys if they get enough ball and if they're in the game. Um, you know, if they're not, once they're not seven or eight points down, I think that they can keep chipping. So you have your four key shooters that we mentioned in Highland, Flynn, Kerwin, McCormick. Cribbin can, Cribbin well, kicked an outrageous yeah, point yesterday. He's a long ranger, but like Cribbin will play around the middle third. Quite enough for them, but he's a handful as well. Will you, would you be sacrificing so... You know, Alex Byrne has been playing 10 the last couple of games. They've had a couple of others coming in. Um, Neil Flynn is a shooter off the bench. Woodgate was starting earlier in the year. If you were there, are you sacrificing? The, are you changing the system? Like, Paddy, we saw them in Newbridge. It's a very different world, different a game. league game in Newbridge in February or March, wherever it was when we were at it. Newbridge is about a third the size of Crow Park. Yeah, yeah. Newbridge doesn't count. Exactly, Newbridge doesn't count. So, like... Are you changing your system? Like, what are you doing there, Paddy, if you're trying that's to... The, that's the call for Glenn Ryan and those guys. Like, there's serious momentum behind Kildare and energy. And, like, mentally beating Dublin in February was a massive thing. We were there, Tommy. You've seen the reaction. Hmm. For a league game in February, the reaction of the coaches, the reaction of the players, and the reaction of the supporters. That was a massive, massive win for them. So to get a boost out of that, Crow Park is a different story. We were... We were there last year as well, Paddy, and I think you got the feeling. Shot last year. But the Jacko had set them. Jacko had set them up to restrain Dublin or keep it to as low a score as possible. And Flynn had two moments of magic that yeah. didn't really make it a game. Like, but it, it's a horrible. I, I, look, I think Dublin are going to win this game. I'd have Dublin as, as favourites. I think what we see from them, they've showed that they're getting back to their best. Yeah. Still hard to get an accurate read on them, but I, I just think. 
the interesting thing is how Dublin get their matches, particularly like Davy Byrne would normally be in the full back line. Like say it's unlikely if he wasn't even in the squad yesterday, he'd be back in two weeks' time. So you're looking at maybe Mick Fitzsimons picking up Daniel Flynn. Now you've got Jimmy Highland and Derek Kerwin. Uh, maybe Owen Merchant goes on Jimmy Highland. That's probably a, a good match there. And then Lee Gannon, who, who's pretty inexperienced, he had a good game yesterday. Does he pick up Derek Irwin after scoring six points from play yesterday? That's a that's a challenging matchup for them. Uh, I think I think Kildare looks stronger. Like on those two lines, yeah. You just called out like Kildare dangerous there. Very yeah. dangerous in those matches. And, and the big thing, the positive thing for Dublin yesterday, why Howard was good at centre back because he didn't really have to market him. Made were pulling guys back. Ben McCormick scored five points from centre half forward yesterday. Yeah. He's gonna have to be marked. So you can, yeah, I, Howard, small. Howard is small so on. comfortable at 12. Small, small will probably mark him. And then does Howard go back up the field or does he go wing back? It's hard. To, it'll be interesting on the matchups. Yeah. He's one Howard. of the best 12s in the country, Howard. I, he I, is, isn't he? I don't know why you, why you move him. He's too good to move. He, yeah, like he's it was brilliant. interesting enough to go with Johnny Cooper yesterday. He wasn't injured, that he, that the fact that he came on. But they drag him back. And look, Lorcan O'Dell, to be fair to him, performed yesterday. It would be harsh if he didn't if he didn't play in the final. So, like th- that's the challenge Dublin are going to have. We're getting into the stage now where forward lines you're playing better forward lines. You are there's more there's definitely more of a handful with Kildare forward line. There won't be any lads half volume the ball from that Kildare uh, forward line. So, the last questions of Dublin. That's the interesting thing. That's I feel that's where it's going to be won and lost. I think if, if Dublin can shut down those, if they win those battles in their defence, Dublin will win this game comfortably. Dublin last year when we felt like they were slightly undercooked or whatever it was they bet Wexford by 8 points this year they bet Wexford by 23 yeah. they bet Mead by 6 points this year sure whatever it was it should have been 18, 19 I think it was 13 in the end and they if only I bet was, if I was Kildare, Kildare by 8 points last year if I was the Kildare management I'd be saying to the boys first 10 physically impose yourself on the game like no, let Dublin know that they're in a game here because against Wexford it was it was too pedestrian you know they, they could had time to settle same against me they had time to settle but if they just upset them for the first 10 they have enough quality to go on from there yeah but Dublin they, are they, like they can they're conditioned like they're athletic they have guys that can get around the pitch you know so in terms of can they keep up with Dublin and Crow Park that shouldn't be a big issue for them there they can keep up with them but they don't want to just run around with them like Westmead. Yeah. No, like they, they, they need to actually yeah. physically physically hit them. James, there'll be, the, there'll, be a, there'll be a big Calaire crowd there. Like that is the exact yeah. type of thing that gets the crowd behind you if you do that in the first 10 minutes. It's too late in the third quarter. It's too late. Like if When Mead were saying, oh, they won the second half, <laughs> uh, that, that that's cat. Because who? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Last like at the weekend? The last day, yeah. They're saying, oh, f- you know, we got, we came out, we won the second half. She were twenty points down. Dublin, Dublin <laughs> performed when it mattered, when it was at its most intense. You perform then and get the get the job done. So I think that Kildare need to do that. They need to perform physically at its most intense and not let Dublin build up that lead. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to talk more in depth about the four provincial finals next week. There's a clatter of Talchon Cup games as well. Serious amount of football the following weekend. This coming weekend, we've got two games. We're going to get to them in a moment. Before we do that, when counties like Mead and Down and Cork are looking out there and they're wondering, how do we get back to where we were in the 90s or the 2010s when we had a provincial champion and two All-Ireland finalists? 
I know they got to look at themselves, but like, can they look at a county like Limerick and what they've done in terms of like getting the basics right, getting the conditioning right? Because Limerick look really, really well, well conditioned. There's a good bond in that group. You know, Down have had their issues. A number of players have left the panel in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, they're all three different stories kind of stretching here. How long is it going to take me to get back, Paddy? Right. Like, that, you're taking inspiration from what Billy Lee has done, what, like, Ed McGinley with Antrim, getting them promoters, getting the, just Mickey Hart doing it with Leo. That's what they'd be disappointed with how they went in the championship with the back to back promotions. What Rory Gallagher's done in Derry, like, Derry were in a very similar position to what Down are in now. They hadn't won an Ulster Championship match for six years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people are talking about them winning in All Ireland. You need the right people involved. You need players to buy in. But players will buy in if, the, if there's leadership there and the coaches are there. So that's massively important for those counties. Um, there's the, the big benefit counties like Down, Mead and Cork have is there's serious tradition there. there. There's massive tradition and history there to rely on. And it can turn very quickly. It can turn very, very quickly. Till they're the same. They bring in four of their greatest players and look at the buzz and energy around them after mm. being a bit stale with Jacko over the last couple of years. So what Billy Lee has done, that is, that's a big story. It promoted the Division 2. They've come through. They've taken out Clare. They've taken out Tipperary. They go into a Munster final. Deservedly so. You know, the six-point win in Sample Stadium on Saturday night. They were a far better team in the second half. It's a bit tight in the first half, but that's been a success story. So teams can do it. Teams can absolutely do it. And it doesn't have to take a five-year project. I know Man United job, you know, it's Jesus. five years down the line. It can be done quickly, but it needs the right leadership in place and it needs the players to buy into that as well. Yeah. How did you approach these sort of games in Munster, James? Like, uh, what do we expect to happen when Kerry take on Limerick? Is that, that's kind of is, it is it in clarity? Yeah. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna be like Darrow Shea fetching that forty five hundred across bar no three or four. Yeah, well to save Kerry. I hope not. He did it he did it in the replay as well, didn't he? He did it in the home game. Was that no the first game was on in Gaelic Grounds, a draw yeah. and the replay was on in Clarney. He caught balls he, under the crossbar for both. He fetched both. That was an excellent Limerick team. But for from Kerry's point of view, it's definitely a banana skin. Like Limerick have come on so much. So much, and they're going in. They're going in with confidence. They're going down to Clarendon Monster Final Day. Huge opportunity for them to perform. But I only know from Kerry's point of view, the thing that they will have to have in the back of their mind, which will sharpen them, is their own personal performance to make sure they keep their jersey. Like as much as, as much as it's going to be about winning the game, you still need to perform yourself because you're expected to win. You don't want to be taken off there after 40 minutes and next thing you've lost your place for the year because you haven't had the right mentality going into the Munster final. So those fellas are going to be sharp. They're going to want to play. Kerry have an unbelievable record in, in Killarney, you know, championship in Killarney. If it's a nice day, it'll be great buzz down there. But I think per- personal pride comes into it in those games. I think that's what will drive the Kerry boys on. You spoke about looking at Ganey coming into that game the last day against Cork, kicking a couple of points and it was nearly like Give me back my jersey. Yeah. I just think Gain is he's a special player. Like he just has the he has the experience. He's been through everything. He's been best player in the country. He's had dips in farm. He's had injuries. He's had, you know, expectation. He's had a bit of everything. So 
he's a player that I just think you can't leave out. And he came in the last day against Cork with his chest out, which is the way you want those fellas to be. You don't want him going in kind of thinking, you know, am I the number one here or not? So he went in and just took that jersey back. So I expect him to perform uh, the next day. The best thing about him is that he provides for other players. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just hook the ball over the shoulder, look and score his own scores. He gets the half forward line in on goal chances. So that does break down break down teams. So it'll be interesting to see how Limerick get back bodies in front of not only Clifford, but also Ganey. Because there's goals there if they don't. I, I don't know how many times Dublin have been 1-100 to 100 on in a provincial final, but I'd imagine it's happened a few times. Yeah. Um, maybe not that much. Probably was once or twice. They're probably that far along. 16 points is a spread. You know all about going into games like that. And as James said, performing more so to hold on to your jersey, hold on to your position in the team, prove yourself. Is it is it a tough place to get the head right? No. Not, not if you have the squad behind you. We There was never an issue with relying on management or GM or anyone to give you this rousing speech or get the blood flowing or it's a Leinster final for us. We, we were focused on all Ireland. Like, like to be, be fair, it was, it was always the motivation was the squad. But if I don't play exactly what James is saying there, that's the beauty. That's the key that Kerry have. If Kerry didn't have a bench, then it, then that does become an issue, where guys start taking on shots they don't need to, or they kind of go through the motions because they know that ultimately they're going to win the game. But for us, it was always if I don't play well and do the right things, I'm gone. I'll be whipped off. And it, and it happened in a lot of these games. Some, some lads, I remember coming on a half time in the Leinster final, we were, we were playing brutal against Westmead, and that got me in. Uh, we played well in the second half, and that got me in for the rest of the season. Really? So it's, yeah, yeah, it, it happens. And that's the beauty. Jack O'Connor won't have to do a whole pile to get Kerry going here. It's literally, there's my 15, and the six forwards will be looking across at the bench going, Jesus, that's a serious bit. If I don't, I need to have my wits about me here today. So, that's the beauty of the depth of the squad for Kerry. So motivation or going through the motions, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Is What's the head like when you're coming in at halftime in that game or even at halftime when you know you're struggling and you know you need to get onto the team to get a chance to get a jersey for that All-Ireland run? Is there a bit of, okay, it's not good that we're, not, we're going bad here, but I'm a little bit selfishly it's, it's, happy? It's an opportunity, like it's an opportunity and that's you get a chance you have to take it like, when you're in squads that are that competitive you know bar you know a Clifford or O'Shea or for us maybe a Brogan or a Connolly where they were kind of guaranteed to play everyone else it's you get an opportunity but even if it's five minutes you better go out and do the right things because if you don't there was never I, I was never one if I played brutal I knew I wouldn't be knocking on the door going Jim, geez, what's the story here? You know yourself as a player, like, but if you get the yeah. opportunity, you just have to go out and do it. You have to take it. Um, and that drives the squad on as well. Like every player has to, has to have that mindset. Um, and you see, Gainey's a perfect example against Cork. Game's over. Kerry winning the game. Gainey comes on, does all the right things, gets two opportunities for shots, nails them, doesn't force anything, plays other lads in. That's a guy who knows... I'm getting 15, 20 minutes here. We're winning this game. It's easy to come on and go through the motions because of Paul Gailey and I've done it all before for Kerry. But he's like, I need to nail everything I do here. 
and that puts him in a place where he's he's going to be touch and go where he'll start. He could start. Yeah. He's, I, maybe I, Jack says they're going to keep keep going to keep, keep using him that way. But yeah. um, that's all he can do. Get the opportunity. You got to nail it. Okay, so last week we had a predictions. Paddy, to be fair to you, you had four out of five. You called Limerick, Kildare, Dublin, Derry, and then we all called Kildare in the 20s final. Yeah. James, to be fair to you, you got you two out of five. Jimmy. Two, two out of five, right. You went two. tip, Jim. Two out of five, yeah. Yeah, you know, I said tip. I had a scalp on him if Claire beat Limerick. I listened back last week and you said tip. <laughs> so I said tip. I said Derry. No, he didn't. He said Monaghan. No, he said Monaghan. <laughs> he said Monaghan. Yeah, he said Monaghan. You, this is your home form again. Yeah, this home form. So, there was no... win that. Yeah. I back yeah. McCarran. You were you were speaking McCarran up for the last couple of weeks. Oh. Now. I went to college with him. McCarran paid you a few quid. Like I've never seen a forward that was much mentioned in this bloody badly. That's harsh. That's because he's done it. That's because he's done it in the in the last game of the league, the last two years in a row. In the last game of the league. So league league legend. This is championship. Tash and Jack. I feel like yeah, I'm dragging Jack down. He's a serious operator. McCaig. Yeah, he is. McCaig. McCaig's he, job in him was... A yeah. warrior. Do you know what McCaig did I thought was brilliant? He kept following him. That sounds funny, like, but he didn't give McCarran any fluidity in the game. He broke up his game completely by following him. He couldn't get any bit of momentum. So he got... I think he got three frees maybe, but he didn't get any touches apart from that that it wasn't fouled. There was no like continuous yellow card there for continuous fouls right neither was there? He did, he got a yellow on the end. He got a yellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goff, Goff called that game well, didn't he? Yeah, I Great think he ref. did all right. I don't think he got anything wrong. Great ref. Yeah. Um, sure, what, Dublin weren't playing like, so he had no, he had no, <laughs> he had no favourite. A great friend of the Dubs. Had <laughs> a defender ever done that to you, pulled you out of a game like that? Off the ball, maybe, you know, yeah, it's very effective because you kind of start thinking ref or umpire or linesman, do you not see this? Like you have to be very focused to not get distracted by it. Yeah. And understand he's probably doing it with a bit of fear because he knows that if, if, if he doesn't do it, maybe you've got a ball, you can slip him, but you're relying on that one moment. But I don't think McKay gave McCarran any moment. And I saw a couple of clips online as well on Twitter. I'm not sure. Was it Ray Byrne had him up maybe? of McCaig marking McCurry and it was the same it was so good he just like hands on all the time one on his shoulder one on his hip running after him yeah horrible just leave you alone yeah but it's brilliant defending and especially the way he was so much bigger than McCurry just it was easy for him was that the beauty of McBrearty last year in that game 73 minutes on the clock and McCaig has at him for the whole game and McBrearty comes up out on the sideline and kicks the winner Left foot. The whole country knew what Paddy McBrady's going to do, and he pops up and gets slips McCaig for literally one play in the whole game, and that was it. Game for him. And that's the beauty of McBrady. That's that's a player who, no disrespect to Jack McCarran, but McBrady is the real deal. In all the biggest games, he comes up, and even the last day against Cavan, he's struggling, he's quiet, and he just nails a kick, and mm. that's that's going to be a fascinating battle in two weeks' time as well. And that looks as well. Yeah, that was the same kick. McBurty's kick against Derry was the same kick that McCurry got for Tyrone. The only kick he got. Mm. That must be McCaig's weakness over in that spot. We <laughs> 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 don't need to know that. Next week, Murphy there. Okay, 
Paddy, let's see if you can keep your predictions going. Next week, we only have two games. They are the yeah. preliminary round games in the southern section of the Talchin Cup. Offaly are getting Wexford back. Okay, so Wexford bet Offaly 115-112 earlier in the year in the championship. Okay. I was surprised at that. I was surprised at that one. Offaly were plagued oh. with injuries, Paddy, and I have Offaly a fair idea that, that they're still plagued with injuries. No, I'm giving that to... Uh, to uh, to Mahan. Tomas O'Shea. O'Shea didn't come out and exactly say how important the Telton Cup was to Offaly either, did he? Mahan has, Mahan has constantly talked it up. Mahan has said that they want to have a run on it, but I think they've just been snookered in injuries over the last month or so. I'm backing them to get a bounce out of that. Offaly should win that game. They should have won the championship. Like they're frustrated at how Division 2 finished for them, but yeah. um, Offaly are going to win that one. James, I'll allow you to go first. Wexford or Offaly? Or Wexford going to do it again? Go first. He, he, he not just pick up. Hey, before, before I do, before, before oh, I say. Sorry, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. You've had, uh, you had more than one whiskey enough. <laughs> Your eyes are glad. I just don't crack on the way home, I'd say. Yeah. I just know who I want to pick and I don't want to curse them. Well, last time we all went awfully, they were bet. <laughs> oh, I think awfully. I think awfully. I think awfully win it. I think they'll win it. I think pressure's off them. I think that they will, they'll play well and win. I think if I back Offaly here we're going to lose all our Offaly listeners because they will inevitably lose if it's all three I'm going to do it Where this pod is massive in Offaly Wicklow Waterford Wicklow Where's it on? Uh, Wicklow at home Walsh Park I think Jimmy <laughs> The wind Oh that is a toughie like that, this is like no. Waterford are four to one here. Like that's it's way closer than that. I guarantee you, Waterford were very close in every game in Division Four. It may not have won. Did they win one? W- Wicklow are winning that one. It's a Wicklow awfully double for me. Yeah. yeah. Great day for the Leinster Championship. How were they four to one? It's, it is a Waterford bit mad. Waterford finished down the bottom of the league. Mm, it's a bit mad that they're four to one though. They were very close in every I'm game. Gonna st- I'm going to go for the outside there. I'm going to stick with my Munster. Okay. Colleagues, I'm going to go at Waterford. I think I think Wicklow I'm are going to regret gonna, that. I think Wicklow are going to get the job done as well. Are you sure, um, Jimmy? Take some time. Just a couple of shout outs. We got a couple of messages in this week. What? Uh, all right, Tomas. Just want to say I love the Football Pod 2.0. I'm listening over here in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, and I really enjoy oh, the sure. podcast. The three you work very well together and the banter is quality. Keep up the good work. I'm a member of the best GA club in Alberta and arguably Western Canada, the Calgary Chieftains GA club. We are off to Montreal next week for the Montreal Gaelic football tournament. And I expect Paddy and James to back us to win it despite not having home advantage. We have a nice mix of <laughs> second tier counties represented here with Leash, Mead, Tip, Cork, Downer Man, Mayo. Haha. If you have time, please do read this out in the podcast. And don't mind Paddy's guff about the third man in getting red cards. Mind yourselves, listening at work on the tools in South East Calgary. Cork for Liam McCarthy. That's coming in from Tyg O'Connor. So fair play, Tyg. And then the Aramore GA Club got in touch. Any chance of a shout out, lads, on the next podcast for the Inter-Island GA Tournament, which is taking place on Bear Island and Cork on the 21st of May. Nine islands from Donegal, Mayo, Galway and Cork take part for their chance of All-Ireland glory. This is the first time it's taken place since 2019 where Inishmore won the ladies' competition and Witty Island won the men's. Keep up the great work. I tell you... That'd be a roadshow. I, I went to the Gale Talks up on Aaron Moore. Oh, did you? Off the west coast of Donegal. 
Yeah, many moons ago. 2002, that's over. World Cup was on. Flew into the Irish. Flew into the Yeah. I worked uh, as a... Like a full moon party over there, was that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked in Innesmore. Sherry, we're all 13. Like. <laughs> I worked in Innesmore in the Celtic for three summers. And uh, I lived beside their football pitch with the O'Donnell family. They are mad about their football. And it's incredible. Like, give the, the lads from Innesheer and Innesmore... And they may have a straggler or two from Minish Man and they all meet up and play together to get the boat over for games. Sometimes they get this the air iron playing. They're doing really well. Like they, they win the intermediate and they won a junior in Galway. They're definitely competing for intermediate. They've uh, did very well in the Gaelic tournament as well. So yeah, you fair play. You've out two gigs there. So, so the Island tournament, which would be a bit of crack, which we should be at. And then the Montreal games, which would be a bit of crack, which again, we should be at. We should be at. What's the story like? I was under I was on negotiations last week in New York. That's what I was doing. It was a recon trip. So could yeah, New York have a home on. game in the Talton Cup quarters? James, you take your WhatsApp messages because <laughs> I did tell you oh. something earlier. We oh, yeah, yeah. We'll follow up on it after the show. Are we on? We're in the I don't know why on. I don't know why Paddy didn't get asked. I don't know why Paddy didn't get invited. We'll follow it up later on the show. We are very nearly finished here, lads. There's about three or four minutes to go here in the pod. Um, Hold on, Jimmy's getting invited over to the states. I don't know where it is now. I don't know. We have to. Uh, it's it's somebody. Yeah. I'm not his agent. I'm not his agent. I'm, just, here. I'm, I'm passing here. on a message. I'm not going to Castle Bar. <laughs> so, a couple of questions into the football pod Instagram page. Okay, well, kill. I'm going to ask this, but like, you know what the lads are going to say? Connor Clifford. You can only pick one. Connor Clifford. Just keep it quick. It's we're obviously going to go one e. <laughs> like King. I I would take Clifford, but I could see Khan is Khan is one of my favorite players as well. To be fair, but Clifford. That's the, the two boys playing together. Like. My lord, it would be yeah, class. If the international rule still on, is that still a thing or is that gone? Uh, no, it'll be back. Is it? That'll be is that? Did you go well on that? Do you think they'd have a connection? The King and the Cliff. Do you think they'd find a connection? Yeah. Yeah. They'd work something out. The best players always play well together. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Uh, Oshie McCaffrey, thoughts on the Bucks in New York getting a bye to the quarterfinal. What is going on with the Talchin Cup? <laughs> I agree with you, man. I agree with you. We just need to give it time, try and support and hopefully the teams and supporters get behind it. But it's, it hasn't been a great start. Um, Paul Kenny's been in touch for his comment and we pretty much answered this earlier on Paddy but I you can just give comment heads coming up to me on Saturday after that rugby match give me lip oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 same what you're always slating the Rossies you, know, you just say we're soft we've nice forms and I was like yeah you, you do see Paddy Paddy doesn't hide away Paddy is what he is in the pod he what I gave it short shrift yeah but that's what you do so what yeah. so what exactly what um, I'm hoping we're going to see a couple of Rossies in Castle Bar on June 2nd. Oh, we might, yeah. Yeah. Might, so there's, there's word there's going to be a group of Rossies landing down. And uh, Paddy, you can give them short trips on the night as well. Yeah, so we we'll really look forward to that. That is the Football Pod Roadshow. It's our first one. We're hitting the road. We will have Mayo's qualifier draw next Monday. I will be announcing our first Mayo legend next Wednesday. And then later in the week, I will announce our second Mayo legend on the night. So Who Mayo lads are bringing in. That's the plan. We're going to bring in two Mayo lads to handle the two ye. So that is that is the plan. So um, we might have a man marker along. We may have a bit of a sharpshooter in too. We'll see what happens. But we're going to have a brilliant night. It's in the Royal TF Theatre. There's a, there's a few tickets left. You can get them on 
the football pod. What is it again, Paddy? How do you you were on Matt Cooper last week plugging it, weren't you? No, Matt, Matt plugged it for me. <laughs> Thank God. Take a master, aren't they? They're on Take a Master. Search for the football yeah. pod live or go to otbsports.com forward slash events. There you go. Get your tickets. We'd love to see you down there in Castle Bar. It's the week of the provincial finals. Four days later, we're in Castle Bar. That weekend is the first round of the qualifiers. So Mayo yeah. will be out that weekend. So the Rossies could be coming in as kind of champions, giving it a yeah. big one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Paul yeah. Kenny's question. Has Rory Gallagher always been disanimated on the sideline? Paddy yeah. can confirm from dealing with him before. But when he was managing other counties, I don't remember him being this much of a lunatic. Thanks, Paul, from his comment. No, he was, yeah. He was like that when he was playing as well, as I was saying earlier on. Um, he was a coach when he was playing and he annoyed the shit out of a lot of players. But uh, Where did he play? Centre forward. He's a free taker. Like. I think he's the highest score in the Ulster Championship ever. He scored 3-9 against Monaghan or Fermanagh. Jeez. In one game, yeah. So uh, I was a class shooter. But yeah, no, he, he is. He's always that animated. Now, when he was... On the sideline with McGuinness, you can't really be. You can't be the coach and giving it the big one. Yes. McGuinness is sitting there. So he's probably a bit more reserved there. But uh, no, he, he is that passionate. I haven't seen a celebration like that, like I said yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, James is right. It's great to see. And uh, he's making waves and so is his team. So. Um, Keith Ford says, throw Mead out of the qualifiers and stick them in the Thatcher Cup. Um Donald O'Connor has said maybe try and do a Railway Cup team lads could you do it one week um, pick a province every week we'd lo- love the pod um, so we've two here on the Lee Gannon Jordan Morrison incident so I'm going to read them both out Sean Murphy says Lee Gannon should be embarrassed diving when they have the game already won and then Ronan Hurricane has said what about the difference in the media reaction to Jordan Morris's crybaby reaction if the teams were switched it was a bit of a like me got two late red cards. It was just such. The first one was definitely a red. Yeah, he caught him wrong. It was like the Richie Hogan All Ireland. Uh, All yeah. Ireland. I don't think he went to do him, but he caught him in the head. You can't no, do that. Like it looked bad even in real time. I, I don't think it was. It wasn't intentional, intentional, but it was. Uh, yeah. it was a name. Jack Flynn's a big man. Like he's he's ninety eight kg. Like he so had, a, he had a bit of an impact when he came on. To be yeah. fair to him as well. Uh, George, George Morris one. Uh, was it? A, like, can you really like? It's not like the Cormac Costello slipping on the ice. Dive or whatever that was. Yeah, like he gets he gets nailed in the like Morris nails him in the chest lock. Yeah, but I don't think it's a red card, but like he doesn't do a, do you remember Adriano did that double fisted punch yeah. in the face? I like it was just an open hand push in the push. top of the chest. It was stupid luck. He fair yeah, enough he went down. But right he could have gotten up straight away. Like he did, he probably got him sent off like by staying down. Yeah, it was petulant. It was petulant. Uh, it was a, it was pity. He's going to miss their qualifier game. That's the thing, like, and he is, he, he is me sharpshooter, like, he is. But is he boy. done? It was a striking. He was done for because yeah. you he, might get overturned. Yeah, yeah. Fergal Kelly was on the sideline, was standing literally a foot away from it. McIntyre yeah. was standing a foot away from it. McIntyre was under it. It was just, yeah. uh, it's foolish. I don't think that is going to get overturned. That's- Final final question for this week, lads. There is a couple other good ones that I want to bring up next week. We're an hour and 30 minutes into this week's pod. We're going to wrap it up here. So give me from Doff, I think his name is Dara. Who will be the last four teams left in the All-Ireland Championship? Depends Dara. on the qualifier draw, doesn't it? That's Dara O'Flynn. But Go on, JB. Give it to I me. got Kerry, Kerry Dublin 
Um, I'm going to say, oh, it's so hard on the other side. So hard on the other side. I think that the Connacht champions will lose to the, oh no, the, the semi-final, yeah. Will they win that qualifier? You think anyone's going to win the qualifiers? I think someone will come through the qualifiers, yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's too strong for them not to be. Ah, yeah. you've, got, you've got Mayo, you've got Tyrone, you've got Armagh, you've got... Who are the but other I don't think it'll be Kerry or Dublin that will lose them. So okay. it's... It's got to be a Connacht that's going to lose it. There's going to be a qualifier coming in. Yeah. I could see like Galway winning the Connacht Championship and maybe losing to Tyrone or Armagh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's hard to pick four. It's hard to pick four. four. I go Dubs, Kerry... Donegal and Mayo. No, I I, I think Mayo. I think Mayo will get it. Mayo will have a say. I think Mayo. I think Mayo will come in. Mayo never don't have a say. They don't ever. Yeah, but then what about Derry? I don't know, that's just it's so hard to call this year. It's so hard to call. Yeah, no, we know it all. In like two weeks' time, we'll 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 have a proper look at what's happening. It's all heating up. I did lie. I said the last one. Last one from John Saran. Warmest day of the year, and a pile of dairy men are wearing gloves. How raging was James O'Donnell? <laughs> it was a so joke. It was we're hilarious. not gonna we're not gonna open up Glove Gate again. That has been well, episode seventeen. Well, <laughs> I didn't you. actually notice. Were they wearing gloves? I, I didn't know. Wearing gloves. He wasn't wearing gloves. McKinnis was wasn't wearing gloves. gloves. Who? Yeah. Chris McCaig was wearing gloves. Mullicar. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is episode uh, 17 of the football I, pod. I hope the cliff is wearing gloves now. That yeah, so do I. What do yeah. you say, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't be. Pleasure chatting to you, boys. Thanks for carrying me through this week and the week beforehand. It's been great chatting. Do you have a great week? Cheers, Tommy. Get off the bed there, though. Yeah, I will. And thanks to everyone for listening at home, as always. We will chat to you next Monday or Tuesday morning, where we will have the qualifier draw. We will have had the first weekend of the Talchin Cup. We will be previewing the four provincial finals, and we will have announced our special guest at the Football Pod Live, which is going to be in Castlebar on June 2nd. Go get your tickets. Jacks are back. See you later.